good Easter morning. Well, this has always been a time for us to gather together in the joyfulness of the season after our long contemplative walk through the weeks of Lent. What a strange thing to be speaking to you all through a microphone from my home, just Bruce and I together, which has its own loveliness, I will confess. But still, it is strange to be physically apart from you all this particular morning. I am imagining you safely and carefully tucked away in your homes, doing what we have been asked to do, keeping as healthy as we can, not traveling about, in the hope that as we work together in collaboration, we are doing our part to continue to support the challenging work of those in the medical fields and those providing essential services. In our lighter moments, Bruce and I discuss what exactly is essential, knowing perfectly well that ripe bananas, rose clippers and garden gloves, specialized amplifiers and new slippers are not essential. We are all of us reevaluating what is and what in fact is not important. And hopefully in doing so, we are deepening our gratitude for exactly what we have at the moment. At the same time, we become ever more aware of others who are deprived of what are the true needs of life itself. The gathering in our places of worship may have been deemed non-essential, but the care of our spirits individually and collectively, now that cannot be dismissed so easily. I am Reverend Dr. Candace Bist, and along with my husband, Bruce Lee, we serve the Shelburne Primrose Pastoral Charge in Southern Ontario, which is a part of the United Church of Canada. And we offer you this Easter morning, in all the strangeness and seeming isolation it finds itself, our spiritual offering of joyfulness, gratitude, and grace. We are following this morning a set liturgy of celebration and the lectionary readings of this year. May every blessing be yours as we worship together on this most beautiful of days.
Our call to worship comes from Rabbi Amakai Lo Levi from Lab Shul in New York. And our opening prayer comes to us from Reverend Richard Bott, the moderator of the United Church of Canada, with my own added variations. The Jewish faith, and in particular the Feast of Passover, is intricately connected with the Christian Easter story. And just as we in our two churches have been reflecting on Jesus and his teachings before the development of the Christian faith and the historical monolith known as Christendom, those in other faiths are looking more closely at theirs and discovering new understandings that find connection outside their specific doctrine. Rabbi Amakai, on reflecting on a beloved Passover tune in his tradition, offers these thoughts for us all. Vehei Shemda is part of the Passover Seder, sung by Jews for generations, praising our survival, with so many foes and hardships along the way, saved by God. What's missing in most English translations is the original Hebrew prayer that alludes to she who persists, who always stood up for our ancestors. This unique and mysterious allusion to the feminine divine has intrigued generations of scholars who try to come up with ways to name her as the Torah, the promise of redemption, or the divine presence. This year, it is clear she is Mother Earth, Mother Nature, each and every one of us. And this prayer is not just for Jews anymore, not this year. It's about all of us people. We humans have persisted for generations through so many trials and wars, plagues and famines. We evolve, we're still here, and it's time to honor Mother Earth, our collective being that holds us all now with severity and with love. Can we rise above our fear and divisions, greed and gender, history and arrogance to listen to her, to band together so that we can save ourselves and the planet? We who have survived so many troubles, let us rise together now. May this Passover, and I will add, may this Easter, Help us heal, bond, build new bridges together, and join hands in the sacred task of healing our planet, our mother, our soul. Let us pray together. Gracious God, you are now and have always been with and part of creation and a part of us. You are with creation, God, in life, in life beyond death, and this we celebrate today. You are with us in the brokenness and in the joy, in the lonely moments of deepest night, in the hope that comes just before dawn, your infinite love overwhelms death and resurrection changes everything. And this 
we celebrate today. As we reach out to each other from inside the boxes we find ourselves, know that we are reaching out to you, knowing that you are always reaching out to us. As we reach out to each other, help us reach into your world that we might be people of the resurrection, seeing the risen Christ in every grace-filled moment every day of our lives. And this too, we celebrate today. Amen. It is our custom on Easter morning to share the passing of the peace with one another, to move about the sanctuary and hug and hold one another, offering the salutation, may peace be with you. Offer it now to whomever you are with or to whomever you would like to be with, to the world that waits for your greeting and your blessing. And let us imagine a world where peace and love and grace abide. It's not a march, this life, it's a wander down the road. Bring your best whistle and a friend. Go on and throw your head back. Spread your arms out wide. Let love and grace abide. Tender trinkets down Let the breeze pass by Y'all have things to leave behind Broken dreams Little love notes Waste of thoughts and waste of pride Let love and grace abide You didn't know back then all the things. 
practice today and for this week is the practice of gratitude. And our teacher is Brother Stendhal Rast, who is made of gratitude an art form from which he offers his wisdom. I am grateful to the pause and on being this particular week for collecting the essence of Brother Stendhal Rast's work on gratitude so that I may share it with you. You will find more of his work in video on our website. The teaching begins by recognizing that gratitude is a practice, a discipline, rather than a reaction to what's outside our control. You can't be grateful for war in a given situation, or violence, domestic violence, or sickness. There are many things for which you cannot be grateful, he acknowledges, but in every moment you can be grateful. Brother Stendhal Rast breaks down gratefulness into three practical steps, what he calls the stop, look, go methodology. Stop is about stepping away from the movement of the world and of your mind. Most of us are caught up in schedules and deadlines and rushing around. And so the first thing is that we have to stop because otherwise we are not really coming into this present moment at all and we can't even appreciate the opportunity that is given to us because we rush by and it rushes by us, he says. Look means to assess and behold the situation in front of you. We ask, what is the opportunity of this given moment? Only this moment and the unique opportunity this moment gives. Go is the practice of gratefulness that comes from stopping and looking around. If we really see what the opportunity is, we must, of course, not stop there, but we must do something with it. Go, avail yourself of that opportunity. A practice of gratitude is not about dismissing sadness, anger, fear, or confusion. Rather, it offers us the opportunity to see that we often experience multiple feelings at once, to welcome joy into the same places where we hold grief, to turn our attention to what is quietly growing and breathing day by day, which to our possible surprise, includes ourselves. have two scripture readings this morning with a musical meditation in between. 
Our first is from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 31, verses 1 to 6. Jeremiah is so often so gloomy, but in this passage, he is a fountain of joyfulness and hope. At that time, says the Lord, I will be the God of all the families of Israel, and they shall be my people. Thus says the Lord, the people who survived the sword found grace in the wilderness. When Israel sought for rest, the Lord appeared to him from far away. I have loved you with an everlasting love, and therefore I have continued my faithfulness to you. Again, I will build you, and you will be built, O virgin Israel. Again, you shall take your tambourines and go forth in the dance of the merrymakers. Again, you shall plant vineyards on the mountains of Samaria. The planters shall plant and shall enjoy the fruit. For there shall be a day when the sentinels will call to the hill country of Ephraim, Come, let us go up to Zion, to the Lord our God. cry all who dwell in dark and sin my hand will save I who made the stars of night I will make their darkness bright I will speak my word to them If you will lead me, I 
second reading is from the book of John. It is a continuation of the scripture that we finished with on Good Friday. Early on the first morning of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciples set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed, for as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. 
When she said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me, where have you laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Roboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and she told them that he had said these things to her. The Easter stories, like the Christmas stories, are told in the style of a parable. That is why the details of the various stories of what happened after Jesus' death are different, and why, in the end, it does not matter. Because parables are in the business of telling big stories, big truths, trying to move beyond facts, as all forms of art do, and tell us something that will affect the way we live, the way we see others, the way we understand God, the important things. Mary is weeping. Mary is confused. Mary is sorrowful because Mary loves deeply. Mary has an encounter with the angelic. Mary has an encounter with that which is not of this world because Mary loves deeply. Mary is able to speak to Jesus, even though he has died and left this world in the physical way in which she knew him. He calls to her, and she hears him speaking her name, because Mary loves deeply. Love is the conduit for the miraculous, and it is the only one. It is the passageway through which new possibilities not yet seen, emerge, but only those who love have access to them. The early Christians, the Marys, the believers, the ones who had encounters with the angelic, who walked and ate and spoke with Jesus, they did so because of the love they bore him. And that is why the early Christians were called the people of the way, not the people of God, not the people of the book, not people of Jesus, people of the way, and the way is love. And love always has the final word. Spark. Gather 
in our service where we traditionally collect our tithes and offerings. At Easter, we give them in brightly colored envelopes, reflecting our gratitude to all that our faith has given to us and to give back in some small measure what we have already been given. And it is always my prayer at this time that God will take all that we are and all that we will ever be and use it in this world for good purpose. This is still my prayer. The churches continue to do their work in the community, even with closed buildings. So if you wish to support our work, you will find ways you can do this by visiting our website, shelburneprimrose.com. As I leaned on Brother Stendel Rast's wise teaching for our spiritual practice today, so I offer to you now in closing his beautiful, beautiful blessing which stretches out past our own faith tradition, as Jesus did in his time, to offer gift to everyone on this, our most sacred and joyful of days. Bless what there is for being. Whatever it be, bless it because it exists. 
you need no other reason. Source of all blessings, you bless us with breath, in and out, in and out, ever renewing us, ever anew, making us one with all who breathe the same air. May our blessing overflow into shared gratefulness so that with each breath I may praise and celebrate life. Source of all blessings, you bless us with humility, that down-to-earth quality that has nothing in common with humiliation but makes us stand tall and acknowledge both the humus that feeds us and the stars to which we aspire. May I learn to practice and to honor in others that sparkling humility, which is the dignity that we, as human beings, cannot afford to lose. Source of all blessings, you bless us with imprecision, with all that is vague, close but not quite, all that leaves room for the more specific, the more precise, and room for the imagination. May I know when to be exact and when to move freely and blessed in the space so generously provided by all that is not perfectly defined, giving full scope to my dreams and my creativity. Source of all blessings, you bless us with memory, that sacred ingathering of the past that allows us to recognize faces, learn poems by heart, find our way back when we are lost, and bring forth old and new from its nearly inexhaustible store. May I know what to forget and what to retain and treasure, keeping in mind the smallest kindnesses shown to me, and spreading its ripples for a long time to come. Source of all blessings, you bless us with change. In the seasons of the year, from snow to greening, flowering, fruiting, and harvest. In the seasons of life, from childhood to youth, full ripeness and saging. All living things keep changing. May I welcome change as a sacred opportunity to grow and savor in each unrepeatable moment's fleetingness what is beyond change. Source of all blessings, you bless us with departures, for they are a necessary part of our journey, necessary for the arriving. May I always be ready to take leave always aware that every arrival is a prelude to departure, every birth a step towards dying, and may I thus taste the blessings of being fully present where I am. May blessings help to sharpen your taste for the gift of life in its immeasurable facets, and may you grow ever more blessed, ever more able to bless. And may the love of God, which surpasses all understanding, be with you this special day. And may the grace and compassion 
that is the heart of Christ be alive and well in your heart also. And may the fellowship and the guidance of the great spirit that moves among us all be with you this day and all days. Serve you to the end.